Hello and welcome to the IE Soccer Podcast. I'm your host Sal bringing you news from all things soccer in the Inland Empire from high school, college, adult, amateur, and professional. And this is my first episode, so as part of this new podcast, I'll be going over uh, what I will talk about in the show and kind of just see where it goes from there. Maybe the format will change, maybe not. But nonetheless, I'll just, um, for today's episode, I'll just go over the format and kind of just how um, the podcast show would be structured. And then uh, once I present the, the structure to you, just to see how it goes, and then I'll go ahead and uh, get down to it, basically. So without any further ado, I'll tell you guys the show structure, and then uh, we'll go from there. So first thing I'll talk about, I'll just do a simple introduction just to remind you what you guys are listening to. And then I'll just jump straight into results and standings. Um, I'll be using non-pro soccer for all things results, standings, stats, etc. You guys probably already know the deal. Kind of the order and hierarchy that I'm going to do it with is going to start with high school. Given high school is kind of already done, but given if this podcast becomes a yearly thing and when high school soccer comes around um, I'll present high school soccer first I'll do the boy uh, excuse me I'll do the girls first and I'll do the boys and then after that I'll transition to college soccer right starting with the women and then um, the men's college soccer will be after that and then next on the list would be the adult amateur women Um, I'll talk about the WPSL there's currently two teams from the Inland Empire that compete in the WPSL, which is um, Legends FC and SoCal Union. They're coming soon to the um, non-pro soccer app. I can probably talk about that um, a little bit later, but it will be on the app soon. The league kind of started already and, you know, the website is, we're still trying to manage it before I could show you guys and, and promote it and tell you guys to follow um follow the league and the teams there and then also uh, we have the WPSL women which would feature only uh, feature uh, excuse me future FC um, that'll be um, after we're done talking about the WPSL after that we'll talk about the adult amateur men which is plenty uh, I'll start with uh, SoCal Premier and the Premier Division. There's two teams from the Inland Empire, City Legends, and Inland Empire Republic's Reserve Squad, who both compete in that league. And then I'll go to the UPSL Division One SoCal East, which most Inland Empire teams are featured on here. You know, Athletic F- FC, uh, Storm United, uh, Todos Nessa USA, Fontana Inter, Desert Pathfinders, Inland Empire uh, Republic, and after that we'll go to the UPSL Premier, SoCal South, where I cover uh, Marietta Surf and Reyes FC. After that, the UPSL Premier, SoCal North, which is IEFC and High Desert Elite, who both compete in that division. And then uh, finally, for the adult amateur men, we'll talk about Temecula FC of the MPSL southwest and then after we're done with the adult amateur we'll transition to professional which is the major arena soccer league and talk about all things ontario fury uh the season's already done but again with the format going to the future you know uh, 
the Ontario Fury is the only professional team in the region. I'll talk about them, you know, after I'm done finishing the amateur and school categories. So that'll be talking about. And then I'll have a segment where I'll highlight the best teams of each individual category. When I say best, I mean teams who are currently in first place. And I'll talk to and I'll talk about those teams kind of more in depth, um, how they are during the season, some stats that I won't be talking about in the other segments and kind of just see where they go from whatever point of the season they're at. So after the highlight segment, we'll talk about other news related to teams, leagues, um, the area in general, some scandalous stuff, drama. It happens, right? But kind of just other news that's not necessarily scores, standings, etc. So that's another segment I'll talk about. And then I'll end it with an interview or um, a topic of my choosing if I don't get a guest uh, for an interview. But for this episode, we do have... An interview set up that I did last Friday. I'm recording on a Memorial Day, so sh you guys should be listening some point in June. But I did uh, did an interview last Friday, and then that will be kind of the end of this episode. And that will be that. So without any further ado, let's just jump straight to it. Let's talk about um, some of the results and standings from uh, this last weekend's um, matches. And we're back. So let's go ahead and uh, read the results and standings of uh, this weekend's uh, matches that involve Inland Empire teams. So let's start off with girls high school. There is currently two CIF SS finals matches, um, including three Inland Empire teams. Uh, the first one was for Division 7, uh, Elsinore High School. Uh, taking on Canyon Springs High School. And <laughs> I mentioned uh, in the story, um, I said, you know, uh, best of luck to Canyon Springs, and I missed out um, Elsinore, and someone corrected me on that, that, um, you know, Elsinore High School is in the Inland Empire. And I said, well, I thought Wildemar is like a Orange County city, because uh, to be honest, it kind of does sound like an Orange County city, but uh, nonetheless, they are an Inland Empire team. And ultimately, Elsinore High School girls did um, win that match 2-0 against Canyon Springs High School. They are um, CIF SS Division 7 champions. Um, if it sounds like I don't know much about high school soccer, I really don't. I've never played <laughs> soccer in high school. So if anyone can correct me on, you know, what happens next and how the structure is, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm more than happy to learn because high school is not really my forte, but you know, uh, I do what I can. And uh, the other girls uh, match was in Division Three, and those two uh, high school programs was Alta Loma High School uh, taking on Martha Luther King High School out of uh, Riverside, uh, California. And the local team, uh, the Riverside team did win 2-0 against Alta Loma High School. So both, um, well not both, two out of the three um, Inland Empire High School programs um, are crowned CIF uh, SS uh, champions. So 
congratulations to them and you know hopefully they can go far in I guess the next stage of, of high school soccer which you know it's beyond me I don't know what happens after that but I imagine they play more games um, against other regions of the state and now uh, going to the boys program there's also three programs who made it onto the CIF finals in their respective divisions the first one for Division Two would be Santiago High School taking on uh, also Miguel High School. I pronounced that wrong. Someone correct me. There's always going to be someone correcting me uh, pronouncing these names. And unfortunately, Sian uh, Santiago High School, uh, they lost to, um, you know, Miguel High School 2-0. Uh, uh, so they don't uh, get the championship uh, for that end. For Division Three. Uh, Norta Vista High School will take on, took on Sal Salisian. Yet again, these are these are great names for me to pronounce because I can never get these names. Um, nonetheless, Norta Vista uh, lost this one, uh, one to zero, as the final result. And then finally, the last match for Division Five, Citrus Hill High School uh, taking on Baldwin Park High School, and they as well lost a close one one to two uh, final score uh, so to recap uh, two out of the three girls high school programs uh, won the championships and none of the boys um, from the inland inland empire uh, won their CIF uh, titles so, but uh, nonetheless it's good to see around six programs six high school programs from the region uh, go far and you know represent us so it's really good to see so hopefully by the next um, high school season I think we'll start back in fall I think um, you know things will get back to normal here in California as fall uh, coming around the corner it'll kind of be back to the traditional schedule and you know we'll be you know I'll do I'll do my best to keep track and learn uh, what happens next because you know it's, it's weird to say high school results in what is almost summer right now here in Southern California. But yeah, so that is high school. So now let's transition to uh, the adult amateur women. And we're going to start with the WPSL. Now the WPSL has already started there in week two. Um, the schedule is a bit weird and out of place, but nonetheless, we still cover it. There's two teams um, in the Inland Empire who have WPSL uh, programs. So we'll start off with uh, SoCal Union, based out of uh, Temecula. Um, their last match they played was on Friday against the other IE WPSL team, Legends FC. And that match ended in a nil-nil draw. And this was played at um, Legends FC um, home field. So with that tie already in the second week of the season, uh, SoCal... Uh, Union still stay in first place with only playing their second match. Uh, they won their first match two weeks ago, and we'll see who they beat. They beated EDA Elite Development Academy 5-0 as part of their debut of the season. So they're off to a good start, and a nil-nil draw against Legends means that SoCal Union um, still is in first place already two weeks into the season, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves there as far as legends uh, this is their first game of the season and they share points with socal union um, as part of their debut for the wpsl 
season. I shouldn't say debut, it's just say, you know, the, the beginning of the season for them. And uh, Legends FC are placed in fifth place out of seven in this um, SoCal division. Again, as part of non-pro soccer, we're still trying to figure out how um, the conferences and the schedules will be um, handled because the website and the teams have some inconsistencies, which it's it's always going to happen. <laughs> that's that's the thing about covering, you know, the amateur game is that it's never really, you know, um, straight across the board. So we'll do what we can to make sure everything is is, is correct because they they kind of mix the the, the website. It mixes this group, this this um this this group of seven teams that are mostly you know around the Los Angeles um, metro area and Orange County. And then there's a whole San Diego division of another seven teams in this conference division, but they haven't played yet. So if you're confused, so am I. But nonetheless, um, that's um, the results that happened in the WPSL. Uh, for week three for both teams, uh, for week three, um, actually both teams will have a bye week as it shows here on the website. They will not be playing next weekend, but they'll be coming back to week four, which will be the weekend of June 11th and, excuse me, June 12th and 13th. Legends will um, hit the road and they'll uh, take on Invictus on June 12th. And then SoCal Union will be at home against FC Golden State. Right, so that is the WPSL, and now we'll transition to the WPSL women. And which the only team we cover is uh, Future FC and their women's program. They're coming, still remaining dominant um, two weeks into the season. They beat uh, Vertigo's women 4-0 in their last matchup. Um, they're still in first place with six points, two wins with um, 11 goals, um, you know, added to their goal difference. And they have yet to allow... Um, a goal in the season so the goalkeeper having um, or goalkeepers having um, clean sheets so far in the season so it's good to see that week two out of 10 weeks um, there's only six teams in the conference and there's going to be in a home and away uh, leg but nonetheless future FC looking really good and to say the pun their future looks very very bright next week week three for future FC they'll be taking on San Diego White Tigers. Um, they're in, uh, another team who are undefeated. Um, they're in second place. And uh, they'll take on um, you know, the, the San Diego team on June 5th, which is a Saturday. And that'll be quite the matchup to see. Both of these teams on top of, on top of the table, both very competitive. So it'll be um, quite the match to watch. You don't want to miss out on, on that. All right, so that does it for the adult amateur women. Now we'll transition to the men's game. And we'll start off with SoCal Premier, the Premier Division of SoCal Premier. Not much going on. These guys had a, on the Premier Division, kind of had a, a break here this weekend, probably because, um, you know, the league, uh, the people running the league wanted to see the Champions League. They wanted to take a break. So no one played in the SoCal Premier premier division uh this weekend but next week uh there is matches to be have for match week five as inland empire republic the reserve side will take on um capistrano 
FC on Sunday, uh, June 6th. Uh, IER are kind of in the middle of the table. Um, let's see, one, ten, no. They're eighth place out of 11 with um, playing two games, and they won one game and they lost another, um, having three points so far on the table. And they'll take on Capistrano, who are in third place currently with six points, playing three games, winning two, and losing one. So that'll be an exciting match to watch. And then City Legends FC are on a bye week. They will not be playing uh, this next weekend. They still sit on the relegation spot in 11th place, um, playing four games and have absolutely not won um, a single game. So they need at least one game to win to get out of that um, relegation zone. And they have two weeks to do that. So they will not be playing next weekend. But for week six, we can check and see who they play. They'll take on the Long Beach City Reserves on June 13th. So hopefully they can get out of that um, relegation zone. If the league were to end tomorrow, they would be relegated to, I think it's um, Division 1 or Division 2 in the SoCal Premier. I'm not really too familiar what division they get relegated is called, but they would get relegated nonetheless. All right, now let's go to the UPSL. Division 1 SoCal East, probably where most of the Inland Empire teams are. And uh, we'll just read you the scores here. Um, Toros Nessa getting two goals past um, DCSC Pathfinders. Um, it seemed like Toros Nessa was the favorite to win this one by far. And um, DCSC still struggling with their debut of the season, yet to get much going for them with that result they actually um, are out of the playoff race so even if they were to win uh, the last three matches of the week it would not be enough for them to uh, make it to the playoffs or at least qualify uh, for playoffs so their playoff dreams are kind of um, are gone for this season um, for Inland Empire Republic they ended up getting the comeback against uh, Footballers Academy uh, a two to one results um, on the road, so they continue their good winning streak, still being on form against, you know, a good uh, mid-table footballers academy side. So they end up going to third place. They're kind of a bit um, slipping just because of goal difference, and um, yeah, it's mostly goal difference. They were kind of like on top of the table, but then, um, you know, that loss to Soul to Soul, and then, you know, Storm United just coming like a storm and taking that second spot, you know, um, i.e. Republic is still competitive. They just, you know, the goal difference is placing them on third. Right, Athletic FC, they had to host a tough, tough soul-to-soul team, a team who was undefeated um, so far in the season, going seven wins, seven matches, have yet to lose a game. And soul-to-soul had one, allowed one goal so far, but Athletic FC put um, another goal to their um, goal against stat and athletic unfortunately couldn't get the win against a tough soul to soul uh, team so that will place them in fifth place with 12 points uh, they have four wins and three losses with a goal difference of positive four nonetheless they still have an opportunity to get um, to that playoff spot but you know they have to 
literally win all next three of their matches. They cannot uh, drop any more points. It's kind of a now or never situation for Athletic FC. And finally, the last match, Fontana would be host to Storm United. And that match ended in a 2-0 win for the High Desert team. Um, goal scored by Alcon and Gomez. And with that, Storm would move up to second place. They now have 18 points with six wins and only one loss. I believe that loss was to Soul to Soul. And they have um, a goal difference of positive 14. Meanwhile, for Fontana, kind of the same uh, faith as Pathfinders. That would kind of end the season, um, season uh, playoff hopes of this season for the Fontana team. They've only won one game so far, and they lost seven. I believe that win was against the Desert Pathfinders team, and they're sitting on a negative uh, 28 goal difference. So the next three games for Fontana, they're kind of just playing for honors. They want to end on a high um, because they will not qualify in any scenario for the playoffs. Next up is the UPSL Premier SoCal South. Now, uh, there's two teams uh, from the Inland Empire in this division. Uh, the first match would be Marietta Surf, who hosts uh, United City. And uh, Marietta, uh, Marietta Surf uh, fall to United City 1-2. Uh, um, a game where Marietta was winning in the first five minutes with the first goal, but United City came back to um, get the job done and defeat them 2-1. Meanwhile, for Reyes FC, they fell uh, pretty hard to um, fifth place uh, Nomads, or I should say seventh place Nomads. Uh, they were winning in the first half, 1-0, um, and then the second half Nomads uh, came back and they took care of business, um, knocking down Reyes FC um, a few pegs with, um, with that result. So, so far in the standings, um, a tough result for Reyes FC. They kind of really needed this win over um, Nomads, who are in, like I said, 7th place. I th think I said 7th place um, <laughs> previously. But uh, these two teams are at the bottom of the table. Um, Reyes FC was in last place at the relegation spot, and Nomads um, was ahead of them um, in the standings. However, uh, we go back to last week's standings. Both teams had zero points, zero wins, and zero losses. Uh, Nomads happened to place um, ahead of Reyes because they had a better goal difference and they had a game at hand compared to uh, Reyes FC. But um, after the results of you know, last weekend's um, matches, uh, Reyes FC now sits at the relegation zone. Um, they are officially out of the playoff zone. Uh, in any scenario, they would not qualify for the UPSL uh, national playoffs. Um, as for Nomads, uh, they're still in a relegation fight between Reyes, but with this win, they kind of get that head-to-head -head, um, victory over Reyes um, if it comes to you know a tiebreaker um, of extreme proportions. But nonetheless, Nomads aren't safe um, for sixth place uh, San Diego International who have nine points and for Nomads who got their first win of the season with three points Nomads are by no means safe from Reyes FC trying to avoid that relegation um, 
fight. Meanwhile, for Marietta, they dropped to, uh, let's see, fifth place with nine points. Uh, playing seven matches, they've won three games so far in the season, and they've lost four. Um, they have a goal. Um, they scored 11 goals in the season, and they have allowed 12 goals in the season with a goal difference of negative one. They still have um, some time to get back to the playoff race, right? Um, you know, the top two teams of this division go to playoffs. Um, second place would be United City with 15 points. And with three games uh, left for Marietta uh, Surf Club, it's kind of now or never. If they want to reach that second spot, they have to win all these games and hope uh, the teams above them kind of have some bad results in order for them to, you know, frog, frog leap over these other teams so they can uh, secure their spot for the playoffs. But it seems a lot more doubtful after this um, loss to United City. So those are uh, the matches for week seven of the UPSL SoCal South. Uh, week eight, the next matches for both of these teams. Um, both teams will be playing on Saturday, June 5th. Um, Reyes FC will host um, third place Rebels. And it's, it's, a, it's quite a tough one. I think Reyes don't look like the favorites here. They're still struggling in their first season in the UPSL. But nonetheless, um, never say never attitude. They will want to look for a win. They have to get out of that relegation zone. Um, they don't want to be relegated in their first season in the UPSL. Meanwhile, for Marietta Surf, they travel away to first place Escondido Mayas, who are undefeated in their six games, and they have a goal difference of positive 12. They only allowed four goals uh, this season for the undefeated team. Very top competitive team. Marietta is looking to uh, pull the upset against first place since they have them uh, right here in week eight. And, you know, they want to play spoilers and kind of mess up the hierarchy. They have the possibility to do that. So that kind of wraps up for SoCal South. We'll now transition to SoCal North. And we have two teams in this conference, High Desert Elite and Inland Empire FC. Uh, the first match, High Desert Elite getting one point in a 2-2 draw against Alta California Soul. Um, with that result, they get out of the relegation zone. They were in 12th place before um, splitting points with Alta California Soul. Uh, they now have three points in the season. Uh, playing eight games, they, have, uh, they haven't won a game yet. And uh, they have three draws and five losses. Um, they have scored nine goals in the season, and they have allowed 21 goals with a goal difference of negative 12. But nonetheless, it's a good result uh, for the High Desert team. They get out of that relegation zone, and Disciples of Fullerton fall to 12th place in that relegation zone. They have two points, so by no means High Desert Elite is safe, but they're not sitting at the red zone. So they want to continue moving forward and not get um, and not get relegated with um, three matches left in the season. Meanwhile, for Inland Empire FC on the other side of the table, get a big win at home against uh, Warriors FC. Um, I had the you know privilege to go to that match on Sunday. It was a, a match of two different halves. The first half was mostly Warriors, and then the second half, Inland Empire kind of fixed their mistakes and, <laughs> and scored four past, um, 
past the Warriors. So um, if you guys want to see that game recap, um, you can go on to nonprosoccer.com. I did my game uh, recap there if you want to know more details about the game specifically. But it does a lot for Inland Empire uh, FC. They moved to fourth place in the conference or division, I should say. Uh, they have 14 points so far in the in the season playing their eighth match they have four wins two draws and two losses with a goal um, they have scored 12 goals in the season and allowed 10 with a goal difference of positive two so it's a really good result um, not only in the way they did it but for how it reflects on the table for Inland Empire FC as they're only four points away from second place Santa Ana wins who have 18 points and like the SoCal South, the top two teams from this division go to the national playoffs. So Inland Empire looking at a good position um, and we'll see how both of these teams actually uh, see their opponents for next week of match week nine. So both teams will actually play on Sunday, June 6th. Um, Inland Empire will take on a tough uh, California Football Club, who are in third place. They are just um, above them by one win, right? Um, Cal FC, um, their stats right now, they have 17 points. Uh, they have five wins, two draws, and they only lost once with a goal difference of positive five. So Inland Empire, it, it's, a, it's a pretty tough competition to face uh, Cal FC. Um, but if they could pull off the win, uh, they could get that third place and they can be closer and closer to, you know, second place or even uh, first place. And they really want to, you know, it's all or nothing now for Inland Empire if they want to um, go to the playoff and really um, make sure these last games count as, you know, there's only three games left in the season and Inland Empire need all nine points if they want to um go to the playoffs because uh, Cal FC is a, uh, it's a tough group. You can never push over um, those kinds of guys. Santa and the wins, I think it was last fall, they went to the semifinals of the UPSL uh, National Tournament. So that's a team that's no pushover. And then, of course, um, Orange County FC, the other uh, Cinderella story from the U.S. Open Cup, maybe, was it 2018, 2017, 2019? It was a couple years ago that they made that you know, um, historic U.S. Open Cup run, and they're currently sitting in first place. So it's a lot of tough competition at the top for Inland Empire FC, but, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's all for nothing for them. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the table, High Desert Elite will visit uh, Fullerton Disciples, and Disciples are in last place, and High Desert is just a, a place above um, last place. So it's kind of a relegation battle head-to-head. -head. Um, High Desert Elite definitely wants these three points so they can, you know, have some insurance away and, you know, get, uh, you know, a hop and a skip above uh, last place so they um, can avoid relegation. Uh, so, you know, kind of a battle between two of the bottom tier teams of the division, but nonetheless, um, High Desert just wants to stay in the premier division so their focus is is heavily on beating uh, Fullerton Disciples at um, on the road but nonetheless you know it anything's possible I'm always optimistic for most of the home teams here 
And with that, we should go to our last division, which would be uh, the MPSL, Southwest Conference. And we see Temecula, who played on Saturday evening. Uh, they hosted ASC San Diego, and they unfortunately lost 3-1 uh, in that matchup. A goal scored by uh, DeRosa in the 13th minute of the first half. Uh, you know, they were winning in the beginning, uh, Temecula, but then eventually San Diego, um, they get one back um, a little bit before stoppage time of the first half. And then in the second half, San Diego uh, doubled their insurance on um, getting a goal in the 10th and the 22nd, 21st minute of the second half uh, to get the win 3-1. Kind of a punch to the gut for Temecula as they drop now to fifth place. They were previously in in third place in the playoff spot, but with that loss to San Diego and with Las Vegas Legends um, beating uh, FC Arizona in that very <laughs> epic 4-3 win on the road for the Legends, um, Temecula are now sitting in last place. Uh, they currently have three points in the season, playing four matches. Uh, they've won one game, and you know this is now their third loss. Um, credit to ASC San Diego. They have three goals so far in the season, and they have allowed uh, nine goals with a goal difference of negative six. So um, they're still pretty early in the season. It's barely week five for the MPSL. Um, and there's only five teams in the conference, in the division. I'm going to mix conference and, and division. It's that's amateur soccer for you. But nonetheless, the top three teams out of the five qualify for the next stage of the, of the, of the playoffs. With first place um, being FC Golden State, they'll kind of get that automatic um, semifinals and they'll have a, a bye week. Um, and second and third place, they will play each other in kind of like this wild card match. And the winner of that wild card match will take on uh, first place. And then, you know, the bracket and the playoffs will continue based off geography. Um, I think like the, um, whoever wins the MPSL Southwest will take on, I think, um, you know, the El Paso region, maybe the Texas region. I think would be the closest one since Northern California and the Oregon-Washington um, conference. Uh, they're not playing uh, this season. But I, I think I heard that Northern California might return to play. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see the updates, and I'll update um, the information as, you know, I, I receive that information. I did see that. Um, I did see the, the league announce that, but, you know, We'll see how that affects, um, you know, the Southwest as, as time goes on. Nonetheless, uh, next week, match week six for uh, Temecula. They will play on Saturday, June 5th at 6 p.m. They will be on the road at Las Vegas. They'll take on the Legends. And the Legends are in fourth place. They have four points so far in the season, playing three matches. Um... One win, one draw, and one loss so far in the season. Uh, they have seven goals so far for them in the season. They've allowed 10 with a goal difference of negative three. Uh, you know, Temecula, they, they, they need a win. Um, you know, it's uh, a win can push them back to third place, assuming, uh, you know, San Diego's on a bye week. So, you know, Temecula is licking their lips and they're rubbing their hands and they're saying, we have to get uh, these three points against Las Vegas so they can get back to uh, where they were back in match week four and they can, you know, maybe move forward in the playoffs or in the playoff rankings and 
get some insurance and they want to guarantee a spot for uh, the playoffs. So that's that. Um, the goal, top goal scorers so far for Temecula, um, there's only three um, for Temecula, uh, Adrian Macias, uh, Donovan Wilson, and Nathan DeRosa are the top goal scorers for Temecula. They all have uh, one goal apiece, but you know those are the top goal scorers for Temecula FC. And yeah, that pretty much wraps up all the results and standings of uh, this uh, past weekend's excuse me, i.e. matchups. And now we'll move on to the next segment, which would be highlighted stats. And we're back. So now this segment is going to be um, highlighting some special stats for um, Inland Empire teams who are first in their respective group, division, conference, you know, and insert a special name here. There's a lot of different names for these um, different groups, but there's two teams in particular who I'll highlight some special slash different stats of them, which would be SoCal Union FC and Future FC. So for SoCal Union FC, um, a lot of their points who they've gained four points so far in the season have all been on the road. 100% of their points come from road victories. I'm given there was only one road victory and, you know, um, they're 50-50 with their wins and their draws. Um, one draw, 50%. One win, 50%. Um, scoring five goals, 100% of their goals coming from um, matches on the road. And they're going to be coming home next weekend. So their stats for uh, their home games will be a bit different. Uh, per their progressive points, uh, first week they got three points. And in week two, they've um, moved up to get four points uh, on the season. And yeah, that pretty much about does it for the special stats of SoCal Union. Again, it's only two games that they had so far, but um, they're still on top of the table. And I think that's something to highlight, even if it is very young in the season. Now for future FC, we'll see some special stats for uh, this team here. So all of their points for Future FC have been at home winning six, um, winning six points on, um, on home turf. 100% of their points came from home, as well as 100% of their wins came from, came from home too. They have scored 11 goals so far in the season, all those goals scored at home. Um, they are in a two-game winning streak. And their progressive rankings since week one, they've been first place. And in second, uh, the second week, they're in first place. Progressive points. Uh, first week, they got three points. And second week, they are now sitting with six points. Uh, their progressive goals, they've scored seven in their first match. And with match week two, they've moved that up to a total of 11 goals scored in the season. And they have yet to allow a goal this 
season. Uh, the top goal scorers for Future FC, I don't think I mentioned it in the beginning, but there's plenty. So I'll have um, I'll have a chance to name them. Oh, I might probably need to see their first names. I'll have to go back here and see the full names of the ladies who scored so far for Future FC. Here we are. So Amanda Allman, Karen Jacobs, and Quinley Quisada. Oh, and Sydney Stud, uh, Studer, Sydney Studer. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, these four ladies have um, two goals to their names. That's four players for Future FC with two goals in the season. While um, Haley Bostard, Alicia Kobarubias, and Kennedy Hackbarth. Hope I pronounced that right. Um, these three ladies have one goal to their name so far for Future FC. So yeah, not much for special stats, but um, you know, going forward as as the league progresses, um, you know, these stats will um, look a little different. They'll be a bit more lively again. The the ladies for both for both uh, WPSL and UPSL women, they're badly on week two, heading into week three. Um, so that's why the stats don't really seem all too exciting. But nonetheless, I do want to thank um, my partner at non-pro soccer um, it's a really good app i always recommend that you guys download it it's the best app to um, keep track of the amateur game um, college indoor soccer pretty much almost every american soccer league you can think of it's covered by non-pro soccer um, it gives you good stats you get game notifications and it's a good platform for teams to really promote and show off um you know their 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 club kind of just like the professional teams right and a lot of these um stats that i read you know it comes to life because these teams you know give me that information or they display that information and if you're a team and you're listening and you don't in and you're and you're like thinking like you know my players should be you know um highlighted like where where's where's my players names you know what about our team Right. If you're saying that to yourself, you should download non-pro soccer. It's a good platform to display, you know, the goal scores, um, you know, the, the live match um, notifications, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really good platform. I highly recommend it. And, you know, if if you want your team to have the best um, to show your team, to give your team the best value, to have more fans and to have more engagement with your teams, you should do totally download non-pro soccer. If you guys have any questions or any, you know, things that uh, you'd like to see on the app, you know, I'm kind of um, the person in charge of most leagues of Southern California. Besides the Inland Empire teams, I cover, um, you know, the San Diego division. I cover the um, the other SoCal Division One UPSLs, you know, the SoCal North and South. Um, so pretty much Southern California, it's all me right but again download non-pro soccer a great platform to highlight your team uh, to highlight your team and with that we'll transition to um, the interview um, I did an interview last Friday with uh, coach Shay who is the technical director of future FC um, a very very educated um, person uh, I haven't I've yet to seen a really educated um, coach um, so far. I'm not saying that, um, you know, the other coaches that I've met, you know, um, the other, I'll say this, the other coaches that I've met have not been, 
elegance or you know kind of school smarts that's kind of what Shay that's like my impression he was very he's a very educated very scholastic um kind of person but um you know and that's not to say that he's better than and any other person i'm just saying he really came off to me as a very educated person and i had the chance to interview him um it's only a 15 minute interview that i had with him and i kind of caught him you know on the road to his um high school practice so that's why you know the questions could have been um a bit more elaborated but nonetheless uh, it was a great interview um you know, hope you guys enjoy the interview. It's around 15 minutes. And, you know, if you're listening to this in your car, you probably want to make sure your audio is adjusted because, you know, how I'm talking now is a bit low pitched. But the interview was like <laughs> was pretty loud. I have, uh, had him on uh, speakerphone. So nonetheless, um, here is the interview with uh, Coach Shea, who is the technical director of Future FC. We are recording. Good. All right. So first question I want to ask you, Shay, is um, just starting from the basic, what is your soccer story? You know, what got you um, into the game and how did you ultimately get involved with uh, Future FC? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I uh, I played soccer my whole life. Um I uh, was a one of the youngest players assigned professionally in the old American Soccer League uh, when I was 17 for the Washington Stars in Washington, D.C. Um, continued my career over here uh, in the USISL um, hmm. and got into coaching and uh, basically uh, became a long short of it. I, I'm you know currently a director of of coaching for the youth club of future fc okay got it right so um you said um right now in your career you played in these um various leagues and um you know you coached in um various teams in southern california looking at the um website and taking a, a little screenshot of your um career what could you say about um, the talent here in the Inland Empire and, you know, the talent in terms of boys and girls? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think there's any secret that I think the Inland Empire uh, is a, I think, a soccer hotbed, both for uh, the males and female side of the game. Um, I, I think it gets uh, maybe overlooked at times. Mm-hmm. Um but I think um, that it is a special blend of, uh, you know, cultural diversity that I think um, makes this a special area for, for their talent. Um, but I think if you look at, you could go into the college uh, profiles and I think you take a step further if you went into even the professional environment and really dug into a player's bio, you would see that uh, a lot of these players have, uh, you know, called the IE their home. No, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I do have a list of um, people who you're talking about. There's well over 100 people in my list who um, have played and played professionally who call, um, who call the Inland Empire um, home. So I'm glad we, we both agree that the IE has yeah. um, some talent in that respect. Um, again, talking about the club, it was originally, um, a youth club with the acronym BYSE, um, and then around, um, 
it was called that around a, a year or two ago. So why did the rebrand happen? And I, I, you mentioned uh, there is still a youth club, but is that same kind of youth club still there? Yes, that's a great question. So um, long short of it, uh, BYSD uh, was, stood for Blues Youth Soccer Club. Okay. I coached in the USL uh, Pro with the LA Blues. Yeah. Uh, and on the women's side with the W League, the Pali Blues. So we were the youth club affiliate to those teams uh, in the mid 2000s. Okay. Um, when LA uh, kind of sold their ownership to OC, um, basically, we were kind of rudderless in terms of an identity, but, um, you know, not wanting to change too much. We stuck with it. When the pandemic hit, I just felt like there was a perfect opportunity to hit the reset button. And, I, you know, you can read in our mission. I just felt like at the time, you know, there was so much, for lack of better terms, uh, Nothing was clear regarding the future. Sure. And I, I wanted to kind of turn that around and, and use the future of, you know, the unknown of the future in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of my, my twist on things that, hey, you know, sometimes the future has hope to offer. And uh, one of those things was, you know, hey, soccer will continue for the kids. Yeah. And um, basically, we we created also the UPSL women's side out of that. So that's really kind of how that transpired. I'm glad you said that. That transitions uh, nicely to my next question. Um, you know, along with the rebrand, um, the club announced, you know, a, a women's amateur team to compete in the W, uh, excuse me, the UPSL uh, women's side. Um, why did the club join, you know, the women's side of the WPSL when there's, you know, other leagues like the WPSL or UWS and there's various others. So why, so why the U, uh, UPSL uh, women's uh, league? Uh, yeah, frankly, um, you know, we saw that the WPSL for us in a, uh, and the UWS for a first year startup program, um, you know, the costs for the startup were probably a little bit out of our our reach. Uh, the, the number one goal for us was to make sure that we provided an opportunity for for our, our ladies mm-hmm. a free platform to play. Sure. And so uh, we saw that the UPSL offered us uh, a, a more cost-effective way uh, in terms of gaining sponsorships and uh, for some of us who were kind of providing donations, that it, it just was an easier way for our kids, for our ladies to be able to play free. Um, you know, then the second thing was obviously, I think, the leadership. I got in touch with Paul Caligiri, okay. who I think if you're a soccer guy, soccer person, you know that he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And I think just having his, his name... And his face and his ability to connect with us, he's been just he's just been a real easy guy to to connect with. So that that's really why we were drawn to it. All right, yeah, that's 
the soccer world's very very small. Like, yeah, everyone knows each other. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking uh, speaking of, about leagues, I, I do remember um, asking um, when you guys were transitioning if you guys will have a UPSL uh, on the men's side. Um, is that still a possibility? And what are the logistics and you know maybe a timeline of when that will happen? Yeah. So. Right now, I think the reason why we went with the uh, the women's, I think it's uh, for us, it's just an easier way to uh, um, our player pool was very existent. It was easy, accessible. So okay. the 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 long term goal would be to have both a men's and women's team kind of as a capstone of our club uh, infrastructure. So, you know, without putting a, you know, a timeline that we want to be held by, you know, it's, I would say, realistically, we're probably two to four years out with that. Okay, cool. Was, I was kind of just curious on my end, um, knowing when that will happen. Um, now, transitioning from team to kind of just more of your uh, coaching experience, um, you had a lot of time coaching uh, men's and women's teams from Southern California. Can you name one difference between boys and the girls um, on and off the field, if you can name, like, characteristics of what makes them different? Yeah, you know, th this is, uh, this is like, a, a major question that comes through, like, coaching education and stuff. I think, you know, as you, as you start to enter the realm of, like, the elite athlete, I think the, the similarities are actually, uh, exist a lot more than, than people think. Okay. Um, uh, they're, you know, um, both men and women share ambition. Uh, okay. both men and women show, um, the, the same, I think a lot of the same things, uh, motivate them in terms of, uh, what, what they want. I think at the youth level, there's, there's obviously some, some psychosocial differences, sure. um, you know, but as you start to go into the collegiate and professional environments, not to say there's not differences, of course, but you, I think you become surprised that, you know, a, a an elite female athlete views um, her world, her, her elite world, very similar to an elite male athlete. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of like the peak of my curiosity. I'm not like, my background is mostly following men's amateur and you know since right. you're the only women's amateur in the region starting or at least that I've been uh, focusing on um I have noticed that you know it's it's the same thing just a different gender so I, I it you kind of just confirmed um that kind of um my my curiosity on that so I'm glad to um hear that yeah. um you know I was fortunate I don't want to I was fortunate enough when I was with the Pally Blues in the W League you know, I, I was able to coach many of the, the current World Cup players. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm coming out of coaching education where they were hounding us that there was psychosocial differences. And for me, it was more of an experiential learning process sure. that, you know, when you're dealing with Olympic and World Cup athletes, they, they're very similar on the men's and women's. They're just, you know, they're all driven. They're all ambitious. They all, you know, they all have their quirks in their own ways. And sure. uh, so, yeah absolutely yeah i'll take your word for that um 
Uh, now, back to the women's team. Um, last week is a debut for Future FC, um, and they scored, you know, a touchdown over um, Desert Football Club. Um, is that the result that you um, consider to be business as usual, or was it luck? And do you expect more performances like last week? Uh, you know, I think it's a credit to our, our coaching staff, Coach Samadhi. Uh, has done an excellent, excellent job of creating a uh, a very positive uh, playing environment. I, so I think you have players who are already very good, uh, but are coming in and enjoying the atmosphere. And so um, I don't want to say I don't think it's luck by any means of the imagination. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it's it's kind of a blend of our talent pool. Uh, what the coaching staff has done in terms of their training. But also, I think, you know, we've we've got ahead of the game a little bit. I think we were able to get things moving a little bit, and, uh, where I think um, maybe some of the other clubs are just starting to get themselves sure. in, in in the right position. So, I, so to answer your question, do I see that happening more often? You know, I think I would envision it being a lot more competitive as the as the season goes on, for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair assessment. That is an absolutely fair assessment. Um, now back to um, you know the club overall in general. Um, you did allude to it a little bit earlier, but um, what is the goal for Future FC? Is it to be competitive on the field? Is it to give an avenue? for women and men's players to hustle their way to professional? And what I mean by being competitive on the field, I mean like winning trophies and putting stars on top of the badge, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, uh, you know, I think as a mission statement as a whole, we wanted to create a pathway for youth players that uh, go on to college, that uh, come out of our club, would have a place to return to, to bridge their career, between what might be next. And, you know, for some players, uh, the next level would be semi-pro professional. And for some players, it may be the only senior level of playing that they get. So we wanted to provide that. Okay. But as a whole, uh, from a club perspective, um, you know, we see that we believe that winning is hand in hand with our, our development model. Uh, okay. we don't, we don't, uh, we don't aspire, per se, to say we want to win championships and, and all that, but we do believe that um, that with the proper coaching uh, platform and curriculum that we're able to develop players. And, you know, uh, we'll have some teams that do extremely well. We will have some teams that will be in a constant state of improvement, and that's okay with us. Wow. All right. That's that's some great, great insight. Love to uh, – I love – I loved hearing that. That was a great response. Um, last question here. Um, you, you're uh, you're a part of this project. Um, this is this is the last question for you. Um, are you going to be a part of this project in the long run, or is it going to be you know another part of your uh, soccer journey? And if you are in the long haul, what would you like to see done with your time at Future FC? Yeah, I think that uh, ultimately uh, I'm I'm gonna be I'd like to be attached to this this senior project and you know uh, as you alluded to the other question the next goal would be to create a men's men's side 
mm-hmm. in this project. I think again, it, it's it, it wasn't the women and men side first. It's 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 the youth club and for us developing a proper pathway for our players and developing role models. And so, um, you know, again, I think it's a, it's a long-term process. It's a long-term investment with all of us who are involved in it. And, uh, it's, it's certainly a, a work of passion. We're not, we're not, uh, gaining anything from this in terms of any sort of, uh, monetary of anything it's, it's that i do know yeah. yeah it's a strain financially but we feel that uh we've 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 figured some ways out where we can still you know the long-term goal is provide a free platform for these uh college players uh or college graduates at that point and uh sure. you know so yeah you know for me it's it's a it's hopefully a long-term project for sure no, I absolutely love that you you said it that way because um, my time covering UPSL teams and MPSL, the whole alphabet soup of amateur adult leagues here yeah. in the area. Um, a lot of clubs have that, but they just don't they don't phrase it the way how you do, and the way how you phrase it is just like it it it, it feels good to hear it, you know, because a lot of these clubs they don't really say it like that, but that's kind of like a lot of the point of these. Um, I'm club, so I'm glad you um I'm glad you put it in that way. That kind of makes it easier for me. <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. And that is my interview with um, technical director of Future FC. Um, I want to thank Shay for his time for um, speaking to me while he was uh, busy trying to get back to um, training with his high school boys or girls. He didn't say. He just said. He had to go um, training with the high school team. Nonetheless, he told me to shout out um, both the coaching staff of Coach Fisher and Coach uh, Lindsay for the good performance that Future FC has been doing thus far. So that concludes um, this first episode of IE Soccer Podcast. Um, the next episode would probably be in July. I'll have to take a month course. And then after that, I'll have a lot more free time. And, you know, the episode will be a lot better and it won't be as long as this first one. I have a lot of stuff to um, to change, but, you know, uh, that time will come soon. All right. Without any further ado, don't forget to follow um, IE Soccer on all social media platforms. Uh, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, you know, for those nerds, um, we also have a subreddit for IE Soccer. You can... Uh, type IE Soccer um, on Facebook, IE Soccer 9 on Twitter, um, IE Soccer underscore 909 for Instagram, and for Reddit, you can just um, type um, IE Soccer and you can find us there. But with that, um, that concludes this episode, and I'll see you guys next month. Take care. Thank you.